2: It is 11 a.m. on a Friday morning. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. Out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard north in the Indian Hills section, up tuscaloosa we told you we've been telling you all week and you can still get by there we know you've got big dance action cranking up on a friday here in a mere matter of minutes but still plenty of time to get by peterbrook chocolate here get your march madness munchies right there at peterbrook wide variety great selection gonna keep you uh, engaged and on that couch for NCAA tournament action coming up across the weekend and into next week, and uh, a lot to get to here on the program, as you might expect, very busy weekend of athletics coming up next, and we will cover all of that for you here on the program. And as always, I'm joined on the show by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the Sixty Buttah Woo! Woo! sports talk radio first and foremost jacob thank you so much for doing a great job of sitting in, filling in yesterday and uh let's get into it man a lot to get into we got spring football practice cranking up over overall Bryant drive today we've got the ncaa tournament we've got baseball softball gymnastics you name it jacob you take your pick we can do it right here on the program
1: and all the gump said, I hope you enjoyed your basketball distraction. Alabama football is back.
2: <laughs> and, hey, we love it. We love it. Bring it all on, man. Bring it all together. We love it all coming together because it really is this weekend. Absolutely. you got Alabama football practice. First one of spring drills 2021 coming up this afternoon. We've got men's basketball tournament action. You've got Alabama Men's hoops tomorrow afternoon taking on Iona in first-round action. You've got Alabama baseball at Arkansas this weekend. Hell of a way to jump into the SEC. Look, there is no shallow end when it comes to SEC baseball. It doesn't matter. You're jumping in the deep end once conference plays regardless. So conference play starts regardless. So that'll be the case for Brad Bohannon's club out in northwest Arkansas this weekend You've got Alabama softball hosting Tennessee over the weekend. That uh, series opener tonight, by the way, if you can't get over to the Rhodes House, that's going to air on ESPNU. So it'll be on the cable. SEC Gymnastics Championships this weekend up in Huntsville. So we Georgia. University of Georgia had to withdraw from the SEC uh, gymnastics championships due to covid issues so uh you just never know never know with this covid right now 205-342-9904 is the peterbrook chocolate studio line if you would like to jump on board with us we would love to hear from you of course we'll talk with charlie potter does an outstanding job as the veteran beat reporter for BamaOnline.com. we'll get charlie's thoughts on the start of spring football practice today over at the capstone And we'll also talk some Alabama hoops, as you might expect, with Charlie in advance of that matchup with the Gales of Iona tomorrow afternoon up at Hinkle Fieldhouse, venerable Hinkle Fieldhouse on the campus of Butler University in Indianapolis. Um, We got pops coming up later. I know Jacob enjoyed that little video clip this morning. How about Pops getting the grass cut, Jacob, before he can watch his Gators coming up here. His Gators tip off in 9 minutes. And he had to get that had to get that yard cut this morning, you know? I thought it was I thought it was Sistine Chapel like the work he was doing on that yard, Jacob.
1: I mean, excellent form and 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 out in the beautiful sun, <laughs> I just a pristine lawn. Excellent work.
2: Where did you say to hang it? You said to hang the a still shot of that um and the uh, Lou, Louvre, is it the Louvre? Louvre. Yeah. I, I,
1: yeah. I've always heard it. Yeah. My interns are telling me it's, it's Louvre. Uh, that, that's the way I believe it. The Louvre. Yeah. Okay.
2: See, I, I'm, I'm not refined at all. So you got to kind of guide me through that. That's where we need the interns to really step it up. And we're thankful for them on this Friday morning. But yeah, the Louvre. As it's called, pops would look good in there, I think. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That is the Peterbrook chocolate your studio line. Of course, from the football perspective, you're going to have questions about first and foremost who's healthy, um, and with limited information coming from practices because of the ongoing concerns with COVID, uh, that might take a little bit. But you're certainly going to want to know who's healthy coming out of last season you know, Trey Sanders, some of these guys, some guys play hurt too late in the season that you're not even really aware of. And then there's off season surgeries and procedures that leave guys either limited or largely out of spring drills altogether. And so we'll learn more about that starting today with Alabama football. And then of course, there's always hyper focus on the early enrollees and no shortage of high-quality early enrollees for this Alabama football team heading into spring drills, and also at positions where it's very much relevant, their arrivals and their presence, because offensively you talk about the tackle position that's up for grabs. J.C. Latham, a five-star. Tommy Brockermeyer, a five-star. Both early enrollees at the tackle position. You look at wide receiver, Ja'Cory Brooks, Jai Hall, Christian Leary, three early enrollees before JoJo Earl gets here in the summer from the state of Texas. You consider even corner, because you have that one vacancy at corner, a big vacancy with Patrick Sertan second moving on, and so Ja'Quincy McKinstry being on campus certainly is important. Now, you've got depth there, and you've got some program veterans that you also expect to be very much a part of that mix in that competition at that corner opposite Josh Jobs, Marcus Banks comes to mind, sort of on that Anthony Everett career path, career track, uh, when you think about his development, potentially. Um, Safety, there's still going to be competition. I mean, you like that you bring all those guys back. Uh, But probably Jordan Battle is the one guy in that mix that you feel like is – cemented in a starting role but as we saw towards the end of the 2020 season DeMarco Helm's came on and basically supplanted Daniel Wright at the other safety spot Malachi Moore, Brian Branch a lot of quality options there at the safety position but mostly it's going to be about the offensive side of the ball again with an emphasis on tackle Wide receiver and quarterback, that's going to be a huge competition. That kind of goes without saying. You're anticipating that with Bryce Young expected to be first man up when they get it going over there this afternoon. Paul Tyson and then another early enrollee in Jalen Milrow. Got a couple of cable walk-ons in that mix too. So uh, they will have plenty of quality arms even with Mac Jones moving on to the National Football League. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line. Also saw where uh, Kenyon, Drake, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs together now with the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's great. But aren't those guys kind of the same? I guess Josh Jacobs is at the point, though, where he is considered very much a feature every-down tight back. Even if he isn't 6'2", 230 pounds, uh, you've got more of a complementary player coming in there in Kenyon Drake, so maybe that thing will work just fine with the two former Alabama running backs now working for the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, Henry Rook's the third, another skill option, looking to take a next step in year two out there in Vegas. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolate Chocolatier studio line right now. Check in with Corey on a Friday morning. Corey, how you doing?
3: Hey, Travis. How are you doing this afternoon?
2: Great, sir.
3: I wanted to ask you about this Tennessee series this weekend. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this series, and how do you think it will go this weekend?
2: Yeah, you know, I thought it was really encouraging. Obviously, last weekend you get KB Sides back, who I refer to as the catalyst KB Sides and it wasn't exactly an offensive outburst uh, against Auburn. you, you got to give Auburn some credit for that, too. I mean, that's SEC quality pitching. You're not just going to go out there and seven, eight, nine, 10 runs everybody every weekend uh, when you get into conference play. But obviously, getting her back uh, is huge for this team. And getting Bailey Hempel off to that kind of start uh, in conference play. She ends up the SEC Player of the Week, Co-Player of the Week. I thought it was interesting, Corey, that Alabama went with Killfoyle for two starts and Fouts there in the middle. It worked out great. Now, Fouts, you can also, as they did, bring her in to close. And I'm sure Lexi can do some of that, too. But Fouts really capped that weekend with those three innings on Sunday to close out that sweep. But, you know, Tennessee coming into this one after a – Opening series loss, dropped two out of three. So it's still very early, but got to be a sense of urgency, doesn't there, for the Vols at one and two in the league? I
3: tell you, they're going to come in mad because they know that they let that LSU series slip away with the run rule yeah. loss against LSU, and they took it out that it took out part of their frustration against the uh, they um um somewhat of a smaller team uh, in the middle yeah, of the week. Yeah, And then uh, this is a rivalry game uh, with Alabama. And uh, I know it's not the biggest rivalry. I know Florida is the big rivalry, but this is a huge rivalry. And so, how about I to come in there and take care of it? Now, they, they, they don't have to sweep. I mean, yes, it'd be nice to sweep, but they just need to take the series. And... Uh, that, that's the important thing, but uh, it will be interesting to see who starts today. I mean, it really doesn't matter because you have two aces and found some careful, but uh, it will be mm-hmm. interesting to see who um, who st- starts pitching, and, and I know you could, you could tell that kill, that uh, size wasn't 100%, but she did w- well for what she did on the weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't think that home run has landed yet since
2: Bailey and hit. here, would you agree? <laughs> Boy, I tell you, Bailey Dowling is something else. And, you know, to see her come through in that third game when, you know, it looked like Auburn was going to be able to salvage one of those contests was pretty impressive for a freshman to – and that was a bomb, no doubt about it, to the top of the scoreboard and left center. So she has been everything she was billed to be as a two-time Illinois State Player of the Year in Bailey Dowling. Hey, enjoy the weekend, Corey. Look forward to it.
3: Good talk to you, Trevor From time.
2: There he goes. Corey checking in on A Friday. He's fired up. He's fired up about the Alabama, Tennessee softball. Alabama, of course, looking to stay perfect in SEC play after sweeping the rival Auburn Tigers last weekend. Two zero five three four two. 342 nine nine zero four as we get you ready we're just moments away from sec teams kicking off their appearances in the ncaa tournament the florida gators pops is gators He's getting that grass cut early today trying to get ready for florida and virginia tech coming up tipping off here in a minute or two pops doesn't trust the gators i asked him earlier today what he thought he said i he, Pop said he wasn't even sure he was going to watch the game. He doesn't have any confidence in the Gators going into this one against Virginia Tech. Coming up a little bit later in the hour, about 30 minutes or so from now, Arkansas will take on Colgate in a first-round game. And then later this afternoon, from the SEC perspective, you'll have Oregon State as a 12 seed taking on the Balls of Tennessee. Balls playing pretty good basketball. Going into the NCAA tournament, had Alabama on the ropes. Alabama down 15 last Saturday to Tennessee and Nashville before coming back to take that semifinal contest and advance to a championship game, of course, which they would win over the LSU Tigers. Speaking of LSU, tomorrow. LSU in that early window going to host St. Bonaventure. Maybe we've been sleeping on St. Bonaventure a little too much. I've already been calling for an LSU upset of Michigan in the second round, but LSU in an 8-9 game, this is kind of where LSU disappoints you. It kind of feels like. This is where you could see them so much anticipation for a potential matchup with Michigan in the second round, and duh, it doesn't happen for LSU. I like LSU, though. And then Alabama and Iona coming up tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. Crimson Tide ready to go up there at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Rick Pitino and the Gales. You know, I've said all week, and I still feel this way as the game gets closer. I just don't see it. I don't see it being a particularly competitive game. I think Alabama's going to win this game easily. I guess what I'm saying is Jeff Ruland doesn't play for Iona anymore. You've got to go back a ways. Got to be a little bit of an old head, a little bit of a boomer like yours truly. Jeff Rulin, if you grew up in the South, like I did, obviously, and you had the Hawks on the cable, you would watch John Sterling on the call of those Hawks games on TBS. It was just regional back then. And uh, it seemed like the Hawks and the Washington Bullets played every other night. It just seemed that way. It seemed like whenever I turned on WTBS and uh, the Hawks were playing, it was against the Bullets. And Jeff Rulin was one of those Bullets. Kind of a big burly post. Kind of a Bill Lambier before Bill Lambier, More of a true post probably than Lambier. Lambier was kind of a Euro big. He could step outside and shoot it pretty good from the perimeter. But there's no Jeff Rulon on the a team. Yes, Rick Pitino is coaching. But as we confirmed earlier in the week, Jamal Mashburn doesn't play for Iona. So uh, feeling pretty confident about Alabama to take care of business tomorrow afternoon up in Indianapolis. Also tomorrow evening, where the SEC is concerned, you'll have Missouri in that 8-9 matchup with Oklahoma. Oklahoma, one of the teams heavily impacted by COVID-19 with a key player out for the Sooners Tomorrow evening, that game will tip off approximately 625 Central tomorrow. You'll have an 8-9 matchup of Oklahoma and Missouri. Running it back, the Tigers and Sooners. Running it back to uh, to the old Big 12 days. Or I guess you could even say the old Big 8 days if you want to go further back. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, Charlie Potter, my colleague there, at BamaOnline.com. He'll join us here on the show. We'll talk Alabama football with Charlie. We'll talk Alabama hoops with Charlie. We'll get into all that when Charlie Potter joins us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
1: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball cleared its 24-hour quarantine on Monday night and was able to get the team's first full workout in Indianapolis on Tuesday. The Crimson Tide worked in the weight room for an hour, followed by a full practice, both of which took place in the Indianapolis Convention Center. The team has a dedicated hotel floor in which each player, coach, and staff member from the 34-person travel party has a room to themselves. On Wednesday, Alabama was able to spend some time at Victory Field, the home ballpark of the Indianapolis Indians AAA baseball team, while also taking a team photo in front of the massive tournament bracket hanging outside the JW Marriott Hotel. After another practice and workout on Wednesday, Alabama was able to practice at Saturday's venue, Hinkle Fieldhouse, on Thursday. The Crimson Tide had a full practice that lasted approximately 90 minutes on the game floor. I'll have more in a moment.
0: Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball against Iona in Saturday's first round of the 2021 NCAA tournament. The Crimson Tide are the number two seed in the East region, while Iona is the number 15 seed. Tip-off from Hinkle Fieldhouse is set for 3 p.m. Central with our coverage on the network starting at 2 p.m. And that's your Bama update, the Crimson Tide Today, brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports The weather will stay mostly cloudy and cool this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 60.
0: Tonight's low, 41. Tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny, the high, 73. And a beautiful day on Sunday, the sky sunny, the high at 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
2: Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer Senior Analyst for BAMOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It is early in this first-round matchup between the 10th-seeded Virginia Tech Hokies and the 7th-seeded Florida Gators. Virginia Tech, with a little under 15 minutes to go in the first half, leads the Gators... Kind of a slow start for both teams on the offensive end of the court, but uh, they'll look to pick it up here in the next few minutes. Someone will help us pick it up here on SFS on Fridays. It's Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BamaOnline.com. And, man, you talk about a busy dude right about now. How about Charlie Potter? Charlie, uh, it's all coming together. You got the start of spring football practice later this afternoon. You got the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Alabama goes tomorrow afternoon. Maybe it spaces out pretty good for you, I guess, when you consider the different things going on right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, um, you know, I had a good feeling that today was going to be the first day of spring practice. And of course, after that first day of practice, you usually hear from Nick Saban. Um, naturally it'll be via zoom uh this year just like it was in the fall but you know, when you knew alabama was going to be in the ncaa tournament sitting there on selection sunday i had my fingers crossed for a saturday tip otherwise today would just be <laughs> a jam-packed day but no it did you know it, it felt pretty well for me at least uh from a selfish standpoint but it's going to be a busy weekend and um you'll hopefully for alabama basketball sake sake uh, uh Busy couple weeks here, and uh, but again, I mean, we've talked about it so much. I mean, this time last year, you had Alabama uh, axing its spring practice schedule the day uh, that it was supposed to start. You know, Alabama left the SEC tournament before it even was able to play Tennessee. Heck, even the baseball team—they're set to start SEC play tonight, and you know they had lost one game leading up to the start of SEC play. Only to see the season shut down. So. Uh, it, it's good to be talking sports this time of year, but yeah, it's going to be a busy uh, couple days here in no Dow.
2: Yeah, Monday could be crazy too because if Alabama wins tomorrow on the basketball court, you could have, I guess, spring football Monday, men's basketball Monday, and even the women's basketball team from Alabama cranks up its NCAA women's tournament appearance on Monday morning. So, yeah, virtual smorgasbord of athletics for Alabama fans to consider uh, over this next extended stretch. And look, let's start with spring football practice because you said it a year ago, there was no spring football practice, but just in terms of how much things have changed as far as how we're able to cover it. I know you said it alluded to it there uh, with your comments about Nick Saban's press availability, following the workout. Uh, Zoom is still in play. Uh, I guess the parameters haven't changed all that much from the fall uh, across the board.
4: No, um, you know, we're, we're not going to be allowed to go to the practice and it's all the, the um, interviews will be done over zoom. And I don't mind zoom interviews that they're not that fun after a game uh, just because, you know, you usually get a little bit more when you're there in person, but you know, Saban's Zoom calls have, have gone well. The players' Zoom calls have, have been you know, pretty seamless. And there's going to be a lot of them. I mean, Alabama has 15 spring practices. And uh, not including the Pro Day, which is next Tuesday, I think we're set to hear from um, either an Alabama player or Nick Saban before or after all practices but one. So there's going to be a lot of interviews, a lot of stories you know, coming out of this. But you know, I, I think it's we would like to see it go back to normal hopefully you know fingers crossed the fall we'll see a return to normalcy but at this point i mean given what we just talked about how we didn't even get a spring last year you'll take it and we're pretty conditioned from the fall to to know what to expect when it comes to media availability
2: early enrollees i talked about this in the opening segment are always a major storyline if not the top storyline at least when there's not turnover at the quarterback position. It seems like that's certainly the case, but when you consider the, we talked about this on the Bama Online podcast a couple days ago, when you consider where the needs are for this 2021 Alabama team with an emphasis, I guess, on offense, but even a spot or two maybe on defense, matches up pretty good with getting some of these guys in here in January, doesn't it?
4: It really does. I mean, you know, spring practice is so beneficial, but with Alabama losing eight starters on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, having these guys on campus, there's 15 early enrollees. Uh, it, it's huge and, you know, four of the five off, or I believe six. No, it's five offensive linemen that Alabama signed this cycle are already on campus and with opportunities there. I mean, you look at guys like JC Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, the top two tackles in the country. You got to figure they'll be in competition for one of those spots because you know, Nick Saban and this team have shown that true freshmen, you know, they're not afraid to play them on the offensive line, even at the tackle position. So I think the offensive line is where I start just with the newcomers. Then. A wide receiver. Um, you know, you obviously lose the Heisman Trophy winner in Devontae Smith, one of college football's most electric players and Jalen Waddle. And you have John Mechie coming back, you have Slade Bolden with some first team experience, but after that it's a lot of inexperience. You know, um, there's the the three sophomores now that were on the roster last year, Xavier Williams, and that's it. So that's a prime opportunity for guys like Ja'Cory Brooks and uh, Christian Leary and Jai Hall, the three that are on campus now. And then you look for later in the summer with JoJo Earl. Uh, But offensive line and wide receiver, uh, from a freshman standpoint, seem like the the most likely positions where a newcomer could step in and maybe make an immediate impact. And then defensively, you're right, it's going to be tougher just because the defensive side of the ball returns a lot more uh, than offense. But at corner, uh, Alabama signed a, a five-star in JaQuincy McKinstry. You're going to have later in the summer some other guys join the program, including a junior college transfer. So I think there's going to be some competition there in the secondary. But uh, these newcomers, you know, getting on campus and getting to go through these 15 spring practices is extremely beneficial, uh, and, and it helps them to maybe get a leg up on some of their classmates that are going to be enrolling in the summer.
2: Yeah, we get so excited about the newcomers, and understandably so, especially with a group like this, because as we've heard from Hank South and others, on paper at least, is highly ranked of a class as we've ever seen in the rankings era of football recruiting coverage. But seems like there's still always a program veteran or two that maybe's two, three, even four years into the program, that to that point, to this point, hasn't made a huge contribution but the possibility exists that it could still happen are there a position or two this spring that sort of fit that sort of candidate maybe secondary you talked about corner um even wide receiver in that mix is as well and in, in the offensive line i guess
4: yeah i mean i i think that those spots are obviously a, a position or a position or two where you know guys that maybe aren't as as well known or haven't got as much playing time can can really benefit from a strong spring uh you know you and i've called them kind of under the radar players throughout our discussions here and uh on our podcast but you know guys like jalen armor davis and marcus banks at the cornerback spots they've been in the program for um you know three and four years and you know those guys have, have bided their time that they've gotten some run you know mostly as reserves but at the cornerback spot um, you know, I think they're kind of slept on a little bit because of the, the new additions. So, you know, those are, are two guys that stick out to me there. Um, you know, at the tight end and wide receiver position, you know, I mentioned it, Xavier Williams a little bit ago. And he's a guy that's going to be entering, I believe, uh, his. Uh, fourth year in the program so he's the one of the oldest players at his position and, and with a good spring he could certainly help himself out at tight end uh, major Tennyson and, and Kamla too uh, those are two guys that have been in the program for a while now and with Miller Forrestal and Carl Tucker moving on can you know, have some opportunities and then you know on the offensive line uh, I think there's several guys it's it's tough just to mention one Kendall Randolph was Really, Alabama's sixth offensive lineman last year, that pseudo tight end that, um, you know, went on the field in some short yardage situations when they use their kind of jumbo package. And, uh, guys like Tommy Brown, I think he's a guy that we could probably see today at guard with the first team. Uh, Pierce has been in the program for a while. Um, you know, Chris Owens, heck, I mean, he's a guy coming back for the sixth year. I know he started in the past, but he's going to have more opportunities more than likely. So, yeah, I mean, there's some guys that have been in the program that have, of their time, that you're know, now in the spring, they could have a real opportunity to take on larger roles.
2: Quarterback Charlie, in your opinion, is the competition going to be real, or is it going to be more of a uh, manufactured situation with Bryce Young, Paul Tyson, Jalen Milrow jumping into that mix? What are we really talking about from day one with that? With that position, and uh, again, the, the the competitive nature of it, and 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 can Paul Tyson really push Bryce Young? Could maybe Jalen Milrow, almost unexpectedly, I would think, jump into that mix as well.
4: Yeah, I think competition is real. I mean, I, I think there's always competition at every position. Nick statement likes to say that all the time. I, I think it's more real than it was last year. Um, you know, I know that you know, we made a lot about the, the competition with Mac Jones and the guys that are on campus now, but um, with no spring practice and the way that, that Mac Jones attacked the, the offseason and really improved and progressed, I mean, there, there really was no competition uh, in the fall. So I, I think it says a lot though. To go back and look at um, you know the quarterbacks that played last year, it was Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and, and nobody else. I think that kind of shed some light on the situation. I, I do think that Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow are going to get opportunities. You know, There's three scrimmages in the spring, and those are always big for quarterbacks. You know, the ones in the fall are too. But um, yeah, I think that the Bryce Young, I would be shocked if he's not number one. if starting out there today, but the competition will be real. And honestly, for Alabama competition's a good thing at that position. You want to have guys uh, competing with each other. You want to have Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow pushing Bryce Young because that leads to improvement and progression. You know, competition is always a good thing. And uh, while I do think that Bryce Young is the guy, uh, at least right now, um, you know, you want to see the other guys improve too, because you never know what's going to happen from an injury standpoint or anything like that. The next guy needs to be ready. So uh, I, I think it's it's, you know, Bryce Young at the, lead, the top of the pack right now. But uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of springs the guys like Paul Tyson and Jalen Milroe have as well.
2: Yeah, and I guess that dynamic can obviously be impacted by new coaches. And so if you are Paul Tyson and Bryce Young or, uh, you know, you're one of these offensive linemen or just about any area you want to look on offense with the exception of wide receiver, you're going in today thinking, in some ways, it's a clean slate. Obviously, there's tape and there's you know a, a residual sort of feeling about what you've done to this point, especially with Nick Saban as your head coach uh, there in that, that corner office. But uh, this new staff in so many different areas, uh, Charlie, and, and how these guys are going to try to impress these, these new, new coaches, um, I, I guess that could play a role in all of this, too.
4: I know it, it definitely does. I mean, a fresh start uh, is always good for players. Um, you know, sometimes they benefit from it. But, you know, they, like you said, they do have tape. Nick Stavins is well aware of, of what the guys returning can do. Uh, but again, a, a, a spring with some fresh eyes and fresh opinions is never a bad thing. And especially at quarterback, just because, um, you know, Bill O'Brien is going to have different opinions than Steve Sarkeesian. If he's not going to come in and break the wheel. They're still going to run Alabama's offense. But, um you know he just has a different view of things and that that's always you know if you're a player that maybe hasn't played in the past that that can never hurt so yeah I mean I think it's it's worth mentioning I mean these these guys they're going to be trying to be or to get familiar with each other you know the scrimmages play a big part in that and um it, it's going to be uh some, some it's going to take some getting used to for a lot of position groups because you're right I mean everywhere but wide receiver is going to have a new coach on the offensive side of the ball the defense is a little better shape with just the cornerback's coach changing over. But it can never hurt for guys that are looking to take on larger roles to, to have a new guy in the room and to um, kind of have that fresh start, that clean slate to, to have in the spring.
2: Yeah, make no mistake about it. Bryce was very much Sark's guy, right? I mean, that was pretty much how that all went down. And, of course, Bryce from Southern California and Sark with his ties out there and was able to go and pilfer USC of Bryce Young and get him flipped to Alabama so yeah Bill O'Brien coming on board Doug Marone with that offensive line Jay Graham with the tight ends Robert Gillespie with the running backs not just some new faces from a player perspective out there this afternoon some new voices and new faces on the coaching side of things as well well Charlie we know you'll have it all covered and by the way if you haven't already Charlie's had projected depth charts that's right that's, he's willing to go out there, Charlie Potter, with those uh, organizational groupings, I guess, is is what we'll call him, too. Charlie's had those on the website in the last few days, offense and defense. He's had some under-the-radar uh, prospects, all of it, from Charlie Potter for us there at Online.com. Thanks a lot, Charlie.
4: No problem, man. Thanks for having me.
2: There he goes, Charlie Potter, veteran of the Alabama Crimson Tide beat. We're going to step aside for a break. and we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right here,
0: right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, you. Don't watch that. Watch this.
3: This is the heavy, heavy monster sound, the nuttiest sound around. So if you're coming up the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockiness, rock steady beat of madness. One step beyond...
2: I mean, it is March Madness. So we had to give you a little madness. Going back for some 80s gold right there. A little sky action from the 80s. From the boys from Britain. Madness. Speaking of madness, Florida's offense right now. In this first round matchup against Virginia Tech, it's uh, probably driving Mike White, head coach of the Gators, to the brink of madness. 11 points for the Florida Gators with a little more than nine minutes to go in first-half action up there at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Virginia Tech, 19, Florida, 11, with nine minutes to go. Now 21 to 11, Virginia Tech. I mean, you're playing at Hinkle. The sight lines, the shooting has to be uh, Jimmy Chinwood didn't struggle to shoot it for the Hickory Huskers, did he? In the movie Hoosiers, Jimmy Chinwood shot it just fine at Hinkle. Gators can't find the bucket. You know, Pops had a premonition. Talked to him before the game. He was his attitude was very bad about this game for his uh, his Gators. So uh, we'll see if Florida can get it going. But right now, ugly. For the Florida Gators up there in Indianapolis, down 10 with just 11 points on the board with 835 left in the first half. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again to Charlie Potter, my cohort there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie's ready. Alabama football spring practice cranking up later this afternoon. Alabama, we'll get back at it. On Monday, there's a much-needed three for the Florida Gators right there to get this thing to a touchdown, 21-14 Virginia Tech on top now. Uh, But a lot of football, a lot of college basketball, a lot of college baseball this weekend. Um, You had your first four games last night. By first four-game standards, I guess those games are usually pretty entertaining. They were pretty good last night. It was great to see a MEAC and SWAC team win on the same night first time that's happened for an hbcu two hbcu programs to get wins in the same tournament ever with norfolk state taking out appalachian state and texas southern winning by eight over mount st mary's you had some collapses in those games last night What wichita state was up big ends up losing by a point to drake uh, Norfolk state hung on, but was up real big on Appalachian state, but only hung on by a point. And then UCLA came from behind to beat Tom Izzo and the Spartans in that 11 v 11 matchup in the first four. We're going to head to our final break. When we come back, we'll do an attitude, temp and check on pops with his Florida Gators. The great to be is, great to be a Florida Gator. Struggling up there in Indianapolis against Virginia Tech. We'll check in with Pops, see if he got that, see if he got the double cut in this morning over there off the west side of Jacksonville. We'll do
0: that with Pops and a whole lot more. When Southern
2: Fried Sports returns right here on Tide 100.9
0: FM right after this. The weather will stay mostly cloudy and cool this afternoon and tonight. The high today 60, tonight's low 41. Tomorrow becoming partly to mostly sunny, the high 73. And a beautiful day on Sunday, the sky sunny, the high at 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: Of a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports Radio on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryers, Senior Analyst for BAMOnline.com with you. Weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon. Just had Charlie Potter on with us a few segments ago. And now Charlie with an update at bamaonline.com where he informs us of a couple of number changes for some Alabama players. DeMarco Ellum's. Is going from number twenty-nine to number two. He'll be assuming that from Patrick Sertan the second. Quarterback Paul Tyson going from number fifteen to number seventeen. Yeah, that has a uh, that has a uh, the quarterback I'm thinking of Jacob Philip uh, for the Colts just retired. Man, I'm having a pops Rivers. moment. Speaking of pops, Philip Rivers. Yeah. Paul Tyson going from I, – I, I get the number in the first name. It's the, you know, the trifecta that escaped me there for a second. Uh, running back Trey Sanders going from 24 to 6. I think Sanders wore 6 at IMG maybe. And offensive lineman Javion Cohen going to take over Alex Leatherwood's number 70. He'll be going from 57 to 70. And uh, previously I think you've seen or heard about the early enrollees with their, uh, with their numbers. So, there you go. It is that time on Fridays where we go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. By the way, since we last spoke with Pops, he, in fact, did become great grandpops. And from what I understand from my reporting, Pops, you have already visited the great grandchild once. So, That puts us just a hook under the one-and-a-half total I established for you (laughs) for the remainder of the calendar year.
5: So one more visit, Pops,
2: and you're going to go over the one-and-a-half.
5: Well, all I can say is baby Gracie is incredible. I mean, she is Mm. all that and then some. And Mm. and I told them at the – when we were fixing to go that I I know it'll probably be Thanksgiving before I see her again. <laughs> but uh, I sure appreciate let me swing by.
2: The opportunity. Oh, yeah, the opportunity. I mean she is you, simply
5: awesome. That's,
2: that's I'm awesome. gonna catch up with her here in the next couple of days. You Can't got wait.
5: To. Can't Even, wait to catch up, up with you
2: and Locklear the, have got to see this baby. The great niece. She yeah. is perfect. Locklear's fired up. Oh, Locklear's yeah. already getting that grandmother vibe, you know. She's, she's, <laughs> she's getting there. I don't yeah. know if her trio are in as big a hurry, though. I hope they're not,
5: you know, yeah. to, to bring yeah, about that, that, grand,
2: that grandchild, great-grandchild as hey, maybe she is. but You uh, never
5: know. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I, I better know, you know. Hey, uh, now, your attitude not as – Positive about these Florida Gators of yours who got off to a really sluggish start to this game against Virginia Tech pops, but they have since cut it to four. Now it's Virginia Tech twenty-two to eighteen as we go towards the five-minute mark there in the first half. What's what what's up with your attitude with with the, with the Florida Tech, Gator basketball?
5: I got the same attitude about them that Mike White's got about them. Mike White after the the the, the Tennessee game there at the end of the Season, I think mm-hmm. he would finally just put his hands up too, you know, uh, and and mm-hmm. said they just weren't mature enough to be consistent, you know, and mm-hmm. and he it's it's the truth. You, you don't know what you. Travis, they lost seven of eight. So well, actually, eight of nine at the end of the year, yeah. you know. Yeah. But listen, uh, the best college game i've seen all season was mm. the LSU Alabama game last week
2: that was a war pops
5: that was yeah. that was a ba- it was like frazier and ali just like <laughs> it i'm telling Heavy you they weeks. were slugging it out and and i I'm, i hated to see either team lose it was that mm-hmm. good mm mm-hmm. mhm but uh, mm-hmm. that that kid Wattnot or Hobnot or whatever for LSU. Watford. What's his name? Yeah, Trenton Watford.
2: Trenton Watford. Watford.
5: That Watford can yeah, he's play. unstoppable. Watford can yeah, he's play. From Birmingham. Jones pops. and Shackleford, All all of Alabama's players were just they mm-hmm. they would they'd get knocked down and, and come back to their end and they'd go straight to the basket. You know. Yeah. It, it was an unbelievable yeah. game. I really enjoyed that. I watched every minute of it. But, I'm uh,
2: afraid I'm now, because of that game, and really kind of the tournament in general, because LSU also beat Arkansas
4: LSU to get there. Um,
2: I'm overvaluing. I'm officially overvaluing, I'm afraid, Arkansas now, and they'll go out and lay an egg against uh, against St. Bonaventure tomorrow. That's That's what I'm yeah. fearing now, yeah. that I'm overvaluing LSU.
5: I, I, I hate to, to, to admit it, you know, I mean, I, I'm not a fair-weather friend. I'm, I mean, I've been a Gator all my life, but I can't I can't watch them play, you know, because Are it they make, soft they make me so upset. Soft? I get so yeah. upset I can't watch them, mm-hmm. you know. So you go out
2: and you just cut the grass and do things I just like go that. cut the
5: grass. Yeah. Now, I, I have to admit now, I will check it at the end of the game, please, but if it's negative, bang, I change it. I don't I don't watch it at all. And usually usually you'll only cut the front one
2: day and then yeah. you'll come back and cut yeah. the back. But with the gators on today, I think you went ahead and cut the front and the back. I you? cut the front and the back,
5: hoping that that'd be because you just didn't even my want to time, watch the like game. Yeah. You know.
2: And and now you got that gas blower you like.
5: You get oh, that yeah. fired up, won't you? Yeah, I gotta blow everything yeah. off, you know. <laughs> mm. Did you edge?
2: Did you hit it with the edger yet or Yeah, I got my weed my,
5: my weed eater, that's what I use. Uh-huh. you know. Flip it up. Yeah. But baby mm-hmm. Gracie is dynamite.
4: I'm yeah. Doing.
5: She's something.
2: The gators <laughs> just uh gators just tied it up or, or oh what about, my you know, twenty six twenty five pops. Oh my. Gonna, the gators are gonna suck you into this one and then break your heart it, at the ends Exactly what right. Do. As exactly the the Florida right. Gators broken your heart more than any woman in your life, Pops, would you say? Yes. Through your yes. ears?
3: The, yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've I've laid in bed many a day or night praying to bit the be released of the gators. And I said they, they, <laughs> they just be run. released of the gators. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've oh, lost many gosh. of the rest. Uh huh. But I I can yeah. But I couldn't believe Mike White, what he said after the game last, uh, Tennessee, the last game of the season, about how. He was honest, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, I was proud to hear what he said because it's the truth. And I know it's been a tough season, but it's been a tough season on everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. pandemic and Mm -hmm. everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and what they've gone through with, you know, with, with their players and, Whatever, Keontae Johnson. Keontae Johnson. Yeah. That out. was
2: actually is a, a great, a uh, great story. The way it ended. I mean, came, eight, yeah, way it,
5: yeah, know, exactly. Got through
2: that, but
5: that should have picked him up. But you know? uh, but uh, that yeah. I think it gets, did
2: for a little bit. It picked him up for
5: a little bit, and then yeah, yeah, it, it did. was so
2: early in the season. It was so early in the season. Right. You know, it, it sort of just. Yeah, you you, you 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 get through that, and then you got to
5: have something else. I know driving, something else so. to pick you up. They just, yeah. and 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 I'm a, you know I pull for them and everything else, but I just they break my heart too many times, so I can't yeah. watch it. I went last Saturday and right. watched the the softball game and the baseball game down there at Gainesville.
2: Oh, you pulled a doubleheader in Gainesville, baseball, yeah, softball. Yeah,
5: that new baseball. What did stadium you think of the new,
2: the new Florida baseball stadium? Yeah. Props.
5: And it and it is nice, but it still isn't as nice as Alabama.
2: <laughs> you like that new uh, Joe at Alabama?
5: Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I do. I mean, um, I, I just I just yeah. like the stadium there. But uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I I figured if they did get by today, they they they'd have Ohio State. You know, they would mm-hmm. never get out of the there. It'd be done by the end of the weekend.
2: Could have a couple of uh, interesting SEC Big Ten matchups in round two. If LSU gets by St. Bonaventure, would see Michigan in the second round, and then maybe uh, the Gators and Ohio State in round two. Pops, wouldn't
5: that so, be something?
2: We'll see how it goes. Is your attitude similar in terms of anticipating this next Florida football team? Pops, or are you kind of
5: well? Well, uh, I, I'm actually. I think football-wise they ought to be strong. I really do. I, really? I mean, from what I've seen and or you know, uh huh, what they got coming back. Todd Grantham. Uh, Todd
2: Grantham's going to get that
5: defense fixed. Pops. No, Todd Grantham's still there. And, He's not. And that's <laughs> that's the only. Uh, all I know is he better turn it around, or he'll be gone yeah. for sure after Making this. Making nearly
2: two million a year, pops.
5: I know. I know awesome
2: all right pops
5: all right man we'll, uh, we'll talk what are you, to you later what are you having
2: for lunch pineapple sandwich today
5: uh nana's fixing me a uh, uh, it's a uh she made a roast uh, tenderloin
3: oh
5: yeah something i don't know what it is roast a beef ste- sandwich, steak yeah, sandwich of some kind uh,
2: you cut the front and the back you deserve it pops
5: all right, yeah pops.
2: yeah talk to you next week all right, buddy. There he goes. Great grandpops. Got to already visit the great granddaughter once. How about that? That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Jacob Harrison, as always, for producing the program. The lunch whistle on this Friday is Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Still carrying those St. Patrick's Day specials for you there. So, uh,. Little corned beef and cabbage, little shepherd's pie. Last day of those St. Patrick's Day specials at Southern Alehouse, fifteen thirty, McFarland Boulevard North, until eleven a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Welcome to the house.